cultivating a positive commercial team culture. That is by far more important than any outreach or any tool or any CRM system. Welcome to the podcast B2B SaaS CEOs with me, Joseph Olsen, as your host. I'm the CEO and founder of VAM that helps sales teams book more meetings. The idea to this podcast was born because one of my personal goals is to be a world-class B2B SaaS CEO and therefore I need to learn from the best. And I want to take you with me on this journey. Hi, my name is Johan uh, Jorskog, CEO at Next, and you are listening to B2B SaaS CEOs. Hi and welcome, Johan. Hi, Josef. Great to be on the show. I'm happy to have you here. And let's jump straight into it. Who is Johan? Please help me get the context of how you look at yourself. So that's that's a good that's a good question, Josef. And you start to think. Yeah, but I would I would describe myself first and foremost as fortunate. I have a great family, three kids and a wife. I have a job I love and I'm healthy. I sleep well. So I think, you know, really how I look at myself, very fortunate. As a person, I love to make a difference. Yeah, that's something that follows me throughout my life. I'm very optimistic, curious person who lo- loves to find out new things. But, but to summarize, I would say I'm a fortunate guy. Fortunate guy. I love that. Uh, what do you say? Yeah, label, fortunate guy. And you are also a CEO. That's why you're here. Because you are the CEO at Next, And this means that it's time for the elevator pitch. What does your company Next do, Johan? Do the elevator pitch. Elevator pitch, yes. So uh, if we start at mission, uh, we want to transform how the construction industry operates. Uh, The construction industry is one of the biggest industries globally and one of the least digitalized. And uh, what we do is we take all the pieces of information required to run a successful construction company. We put it into one platform. And by that, we offer our customers real-time control of their business. It's nothing less than a game changer. That's what we do. Thank you. Very straightforward pitch. We were recently recently in... in, We had the new owners uh, coming in, so... I met about 25 of, you know, private equity companies and I've done this exactly that pitch uh, 25 times. So so uh, <laughs> it's it's quite fresh in my mind. Good. And uh, now uh, when the listeners know a bit more about you, a bit more about the company uh, and my podcast is a lot about how you scale B2B SaaS company. Mm. So it's time to talk about go to market. And this is something you can talk about for so many angles for so long, etc. But now I want you to narrow it down to one thing. What would you say has been the most important thing you have done since be- becoming CEO at Next? 
Yeah, so I, I actually started as I was my first three years at Next, I was the CSO, so I was leading the sales and initially also the marketing team. But uh, and the, last, the last year I've been the CEO. But I would say that by far cultivating a positive commercial team culture, you know, that, is, that is by far more important than any outreach or any tool or any CRM system. And a very, very commercially driven team culture. So I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. No, I mean, and, and because like even the best of systems, the best of processes, like if you don't have if you don't have people within it to understand what they're there for and uh, that they help each other, that encouraging each other, especially when it's, you know, when uh, a couple of months or a month when you're not selling it that good, you really need to dig into that culture. And, and it, it, it just, it makes all the difference if you have it. And uh, I think that's something that we've done a great job at. And I'm not at all taking credit for because credit for all that, because it, from early early on in, in next history, it has culture and, and uh, taking care of employees has been a, a major theme. Uh, so we just, you know, encouraged it. So for me, it's not only about creating culture that, uh, that you know, uh, encourages top performers. I, I, I even more like to appreciate someone doing a big improvement from low levels. I think that's, that's even better to celebrate. And this is a very interesting topic uh, from my point of view. So we will stay here. I will actually, I will start to dig now. uh, And I want to understand regarding where where should I start? You know the drill of my podcast. It's the first time I saw a CEO. I want to learn. So please give me your playbook, Johan. If I want to cultivate a positive commercial team culture... roll up the quick like the quick roadmap the handbook where do we Hmm. start so to start off with the team goals i think is a very easy way to start and you have you have something that you celebrate as a team you follow up as a team and of course sales results whatever results that you want to drive if it's lead generation or sales results but that you have a team a team goal and then that you when you reach the goal or you you celebrate right it's so i think that's that's something that has been uh, in my perspective very good driving driving team culture so if someone else wins if someone else does a job good job uh, you are happy for them because it it helps you to reach your common goal yeah, so that is i would say you know to start off with then when you want to create like a culture is, you know, a culture is a lot of, uh, a lot of bits and pieces. And I think you have to be, as a leader, you have to be open to when someone is, is, has taken on a challenge or something that is sort of, you know, out of, out of comfort zone or, or making a, a big improvement just, and then retelling that, telling that story to the rest of the team. You know, I, I've seen this. I've seen this colleague here who, who I'm so impressed how you took on this. How you took on this challenge. You you were actually scared to do this before. You never did it, and now you started to do it. Yeah, like we 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 could say, uh, you know, we're we're actually customers to you, Joseph. We use uh, we use them, and um, it has we we haven't been we haven't uh, pressed it out, so it's not a mandatory tool. 
But when we see someone taking it on, it's something that that you know we lift and highlight and do it a good a good example and how you can how you take on something that that you weren't certain about at the at the beginning. So I think and that you, yeah. And are you doing this on a, like a town hall session or a team meeting or is it very informal? When, when I think do whenever you... like as often as you can. And I think really that is sort of the type of like previously in we we had we had these uh, town hall meetings uh, on a monthly basis when we when I started four years ago we were thirty and now we're one hundred and forty five so of course you know the size of it is bigger <laughs> in the, in <clears throat> in early days we had uh, a bit more graphs like a lot about uh, finance and how it's going and quite well not really that engaging. Like people are okay. Are you? Are we done? Yeah. What people want to hear, what people enjoy to hear, is someone, you know, achieving something, someone uh, breaking through, story. and also, I mean, yeah, a story. So, so we try to spend a lot more time just communicating around of this. Yeah, and of course, we talk about figures as well. But, but if if I had to choose, it would be 90, 90% stories, 10% uh, figures, right? That's. Uh... And I, I think you have given me two bullets now. I, I think it can be room for a third one. What, what would you say if, if we have this ro- uh, handbook now with start with team goals and celebrate and then retell improvement stories as often you can? What would you say are the third step to really have uh, a, a great, great foundation within this topic? Yeah, I think you you also you also you also need to to what, how do you say enforce culture. You need to uh, feedback when you see culture that's not aligned with what you want to achieve. So, sort of following it up either in in performance reviews or I mean, even better when you when you see some someone or some some somebody not. Uh, you know, not supporting the culture, then you you have to correct it. So I mean, it's it's both um, both reinforcing the good behavior, but but also correct when you when you see something that's uh, that's not right. And um, and of course, if you can do some sort of uh, playbook job around this and uh, and um, and put it into to some some more written form but i mean i think culture is really not it's not it doesn't it's not something that you read right it's something that you you live and and it's in it's in it's within the people yes so i i, I, I don't know it was maybe not the best the uh, third step do you have do you have a do you have an idea what the third step would be uh, in my mind what i thought we say was partly about this but also attach it to recruiting re- recruiting new talents and and have that that was what i what i like okay now he's coming with with that so so it, it was 50 percent what i expected and 50 percent not what i expected yeah what you would yeah, say but that's a that's a good point for sure like like uh, and you're right you know it, it it does it does definitely have to reflect like what type of people have to you know you have to see that cultural fit 100 yeah. percent Uh, Thank you for sharing a super interesting topic, uh, Johan. There is a high probability that the the, episode name and the trailer will be part of the best snippet from a a part of this segment because it was was, uh, very interesting. 
but we need to move on. So I have many questions to you. And go for it. The next question is connected to marketing. And now I want mm -hmm. to understand what was the main thing or channel that generated the most leads for you last year, 2023? Yeah, so uh, last year it was about 50% um, uh, inbound and the biggest channel is web uh, digital conversion through SEO. Yeah, but and the rest 50 is outreach. So through our SDR channel. So uh, we have uh, a team of uh, sales development representative who do, who do outreach job. So on, on a lead level, sort of, 50% comes inbound, predominantly from, from web, but also just through phone calls, and 50% through outreach. But if you look at conversion to deals, I would say it's about 20 from from outreach and, and 80 from inbound, because we have a higher conversion rate on, on, on oh, inbound. Wow. Oh, and you said predominantly SEO was the main driving force there. So, oh, super interesting to hear that SEO... With was the, the the best conversion from the inbound channel, and inbound were crushing outbound uh, last year at least. Yeah, but uh, the, yeah, and but we're actually like we we're scaling up our. So I for me, I mean, I think you have to look at it quite uh, long term because at SDR, you know, your top funnel, it's awareness, it's awareness creation, and I'm a hundred percent sure that all of these this big amounts of leads and all the contacts that are made, you know, throughout the coming years, yeah. it's going to come from that first call. It's with the first, you know, awareness of next for many companies. So, yeah. so I think uh, you have to look at it at the very long, long term. Long tail. Yeah. yeah. Good. And talking about sales process, then you mentioned SDRs outbound. What's the things that make your sales process work great, according to you? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good, that's a good question. And I would say um, that very strong, a very good and experienced sales team. We have had uh, basically no, no attrition, no people leaving our sales team. So we've been able to, to retain staff for a long time. And that creates, you know, a high you know, very trustworthy, knowledgeable salespeople who who know the industry. They know the you know they know the market. They know the customers. So instantly, customers trust them. Yeah. They become a speaking partner, yeah. and it it makes. And I don't know. We are from um, next is from uh, Linköping. It's a it's a smaller city. It's not Stockholm. Perhaps that Stockholm would be more fast moving, more job changing. But um, yeah, so. That is something I think is is key to have a quite long long tenure on on your salespeople, and then uh, of course we have we have really a unique product that is and when we get to the demo flow, like we when we have done sort of the you know the basic finding out the pain points and and such, but when we come into the demo flow, that uh, that is a very very neat path with clear value drivers throughout the demo. Yeah, because often our customers, they don't even know, you know, they can't articulate all their needs. Like, okay, it's just messy. Uh, we have all these uh, information, like, uh, and they, they haven't, like, and when they, so 
when they actually see the software and they see how the how the information flows they they're like you know is this even true i didn't even know that you could do all this in in one two so so that is something that we've worked worked a lot on and and well throughout the 10 years that we've been along how how really to nail that um, smooth flow and and pinpoint the value drivers yeah we also have in we have in, we have created a, a organizational unit called solution experts so it's two highly experienced um, from sales but also from our our onboarding team who and they support all markets they support all sales people when coming into more complex issues and they can be you know as the trusted uh, expert that you bring in yeah, that has been really enabling us to to run a lot more, let's say, bigger deals, and and also having a bit more confidence to to sort of the more younger sales reps coming in. So, been a really good, um, really good organizational setup. I think we try to be uh, the two last parts. We try to be honest um, and not to oversell, um, and. We have been around for ten years. Typically, what when I started out, you know, I was a bit, you know, okay, maybe you know, let's start to you know push more, sell, sell, sell more, like uh, be a bit more aggressive. But our our more uh, our our sales, our existing the existing sales guys, they said, you know, okay, we'll, we'll just be honest, and the customers will come back. And after seeing it through, you know, when you've been in there for four years and you actually see that it happens over and over again. Like customers go to some other system and uh, who who oversold, and then they come back. Like okay, okay. it wasn't. Uh, and I think that sort of that sort of um, when you have that confidence that you know you you know you you have a leading product and you know what you're selling, uh, and you can be quite honest with the customer. And eventually, that sort of it creates a very good momentum. And to some. The, the last part I think is uh, discipline, facts, and uh, you know a good CRM and someone being able to handling the CRM very well. Thank you. So that's all. That's you know that's all. No more. No more. But it was very relevant and very detailed bullets. So thank you for that. I I I, my, I myself have learned a lot, and I hope that many listeners now really will take action to part of these steps you are regarding a great what makes your sales process great and now it's time to talk about a part of the sales process outreach and mm. now we're not talking about how you do outreach now i want to understand what's your preferred way of being contacted in a modern outreach basically what's the best way for a salesperson to do outreach to you how do you like to get contact um, yeah, for me, uh, personally, I appreciate the phone call and uh, I appreciate the phone call from someone who is, who, you know, instantly you can, that you can relate to that uh, knows what they're talking about and has a good pitch. That's, that's, that's the best way to reach, to reach me. I don't, I very seldom, you know, emails, never LinkedIn, very seldom. So, but phone calls, I think it's, it's for me, for me, I, I, I like to talk on the phone and, and especially when you, when you hear, when you hear someone, you, 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 I mean, in a matter of seconds, you hear, if this is someone who believes and knows what they're talking about. You don't have to be, 
you know, you don't have to be this um, <laughs> super experienced, but just, you know, well prepared um, and and add some value to the conversation. And, and it's, well, I, I, I sort of enjoy that conversation. It, it takes you a couple of minutes. And, and I think always as, as, you know, it's always interesting to listen to a sales pitch as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. I'm collecting data points regarding outreach every week. And now it's actually time for me uh, to lend my voice to somebody in our community. Because now mm. we will have an external question. And today it's from Anna Borgslycka. And this is her question. Hi, Johan. In the future where you don't work at Next anymore, what would you dedicate your time to? Well, that's a good question, Anna. Yeah, so I really don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. I I have a quite long outlook at the next where am I where I am right now, and I tend not to do like I don't have a ten year plan. Like I think yeah, I want to be open to opportunities that come along my way, and yeah, so. I had, you know, when I started to work, I had a couple of more career goals that I wanted to achieve. I've, you know, I've done most of them. So it could be, I, I think most likely it would be to run a very similar, <laughs> similar business. I think it's, it's great when you've built up experience of doing, doing something and you can, you can make a difference and, and help others succeed. And so I think that's, that's definitely one potential track. Um, but you know, maybe I'd be a farmer. I don't know. <laughs> Anna, thank you for that question and uh, for the answer. And now we have arrived to a topic I call a topic of your choice. Mm. Because now it's time for me to sip it. And yeah, the only rule here, Johan, is that you need to talk about something that you are nerdy about and passionate about. The floor is yours. <laughs> yeah okay so this was was a tough uh, tough question Josef. Uh, it uh, it sort of uh, it sort of uh, puts laser on on what you what you think what i'm thinking about on on a daily basis and uh, so the thing i the thing i am quite nerdy about is is uh, source businesses and how to build uh, how to build scalable and and something unique as a company So I think that is that is my that is the thing that I'm most nerdy about. I have a lot of other interests, but more on a general level. But this is what I what I listen to podcasts like yours or or others, and and I want to learn a lot about this. And so I think that's that's something. And if I like, where do you start? I think uh, there's so much today. There's so much. Um, great content to to listen to like so so it's not it's not really hard to make up your you know to get input it it you just you just plug in a, a pod and and you get the new insights so i think i wondered how, how they did like 15 years ago if you had to go to if you had to take an MBA to, to learn stuff, but now it feels like, you know, you get right to the core in, in, in seconds of, of a question like, okay, how should we structure our customer success team? How should we, how should we build up uh, the product team? 
like and you can you can listen to these amazing amazing experiences and then you just have to okay take it back and and okay how how do i actually now i i got some insights but how do i how do i make this actionable in 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 our company so so I try to I try to listen to a lot. I also share with colleagues to also inspire inspire them, and and I love to talk about it. So I think this is very iterative process, and and a lot of fun. So listen a lot, and then you need to iterate. Uh, where just put in the shoes to everybody, all the decision makers listening right now. They hear one golden nugget or five golden nuggets from you now. They take it. What if you were in their shoes? What would you start then uh, to, to actually do something concrete of the knowledge you just got? I mean, I think there's. I don't think there's one one thing you can you can do. It's it depending on depending on what 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 you what you get out of the maybe o- often. I would guess that in in my case, yeah. Uh, you have some sort of thought, uh, some sort of problem. Okay, I want to. I want to. Yeah. So for for instance, in in our in our in our organization, we are we are scaling up our customer success team. So of course, I listen to to customer success pods, and and depending on what where that conversation ends up, if they talk about what type of profile to recruit, then then that's what you start to think about. Is this something? Uh, but maybe we're not recruiting, you know, just right now. Then, then uh, either it's sort of mindset. What's like what mindset? How do you go into a to a customer success meeting with a with a customer? And so I think that's the that's the fun part of it. It's sort of you have to. It's I guess it's a bit about also picking what podcast to listen to, like who's interviewing and what guests they have and and such. But I mean it's. It's just so it's so amazingly easy to get good insights. So yeah, we have it every week here in this pod. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, okay, Johan, uh, thank you for sharing about the topic of your choice that I uh, named: how to build a scalable, unique SaaS business, or maybe depending where this topic ended up, how to get the knowledge to. Yeah, we will see. But uh, yeah. Thank you for that. And uh, you are a busy person, so we don't have too much time. Uh, I'm looking at the clock and see that it's time for the roundup. Can you share one of your favorite life mottos? Of course. Uh, just do it. Uh, yeah. I love that. Period. Yeah. Just do it. Period. <laughs> no, but it's, uh, yeah, I think just do it and be curious. Uh, I think that's that's two two life mottos i give you two but no it's 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 very easy to analyze overanalyze and and not ever get out of the starting blocks and then you know if if you don't act on it your analysis won't it won't count for anything so so get get started try and 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 adapt along the way that's that's something that i i think a lot about and I also think about it because I I I like to analyze. <laughs> I like to think. <laughs> I like to turn turn pieces around and and look at it from many angles. And sometimes you know you just have to remind yourself. You know, okay, just just pick one, pick one and run with it. And the very last question then: 
and now you're talking to yourself. If you will give yourself, when you were a younger leader, the top one to three things to think of that you now know that you didn't know, what would you tell yourself? Yeah, I would tell myself to, so I, I, say, I, I wrote down three things. I would say, uh, speak your mind. You know, don't, don't try to be, don't try to hold up a facade. Like if you don't understand, say it. No one will, will hold that against you. If they hold that against you, it's not the right job. Second would be communicate with and use your boss. Like if it's your, your, your boss or your, your, your director in any way, I think it's at, when you become a boss, you very much appreciate with, when someone is using you and, and holding you informed and, and asking for, for, for questions. And just, I mean, it, it becomes so much better communication than, than, so, so, I mean, make, you make your boss part of your, of your, of your daily job yeah, or daily job, but, but really, really use your boss. And, and third of all, I would say a career is not the sprint. Have staying power makes a big difference. Yeah, like when you look at CVs where, where you, you see that you've stayed one year, two years uh, and changed all over the, t well, many, many times you never get really the chance. Like a lot of magic happens when you've seen through like a change process, some sort of transformation at the business. So just being part of it and think, you know, you have to be at least a couple of three years. That's when you sort of, okay, so this was the decision that happened. This was the change that happened. It came out in this way. And like, if, you, if you're in one year, you, you won't really, it, it's too little time to actually see through that sort of transformation. And I think once you've been part of a couple of those journeys, you get so much more confident in, 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 in doing change at, at companies. So, so having staying power is, is really not having, not, not, not rushing through your career. With these words, I'm quickly shifting the focus to you who has been listening. Two quick ones. Number one, if you got value here today from Johan, don't be selfish. Sharing is caring. Tell a friend, tell a colleague to listen to Johan and B2B SaaS And thing number two, press the subscription button. We have great guests coming here every week. And Johan, a huge thank you for putting aside around 30 minutes to get with me to help the SaaS community to keep on learning. Thank you, Josef. Great for having me on. Thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Very good questions, and I look forward to to listening into to your next podcast.